Want to listen to the sound of Surrey live? Couldn't be easier. Download the Brooklyn's Radio app right now through Google Play or the App Store to listen to us anytime, any day, anywhere. Hello. I will start with my usual wish for my listeners for a good morning. But today, I'm also wishing another nation and its people a good morning. Have you guessed it? Well, this is about the hapless people of that small island in the Caribbean called Cuba. Now you get it, don't you? Yes, it's about our venerable and erstwhile departed Fidel Castro, or El Comandante, as they called him. He died at age 90, but he had handed over the running of the country ten years ago to his brother Raul, who was only five years younger, now age 85. Raúl is said to have announced that he will retire in 2018 and the younger current Prime Minister, age 51, is designated to take over. The coverage in the media of the death of Fidel Castro is so much greater than the tiny size of the island is. But with some, he was seen as an icon, and with others, he was a monster. What is definite is that he and Cuba were very much larger than life, if only because, apart from North Korea, Cuba is the remaining overt communist regime in the Western world. I can personally speak about Cuba from the backdrop of my experience some years ago, when I enjoyed a fabulous holiday there. It was very early in the days when Cuba decided to open up for tourists, if only to attract some foreign currency. We were part of an early group and we were given the real VIP service with a program that took us to most of the island. I have to say that I enjoyed the visit very much, but I also learned a lot. It was quite obvious to us that the people were really desperately poor. They would beg for very basic things like a bar of soap and would weep noticeably if we did not buy some of their hidden cigars. I ventured into one of the homes and I could witness the poverty and decaying premises they lived in. And yet, there was also an ever-present air of enjoyment around. Everyone was dancing and singing or playing music in the streets, young and old, man and woman. There was obviously no discrimination between the many ethnic factions of the island's population. This, I was told, was because everyone supported the revolution against President Batista back in 1959 onwards. What interest such a small island generated along the years is amazing. It received the Spanish, the French, the British and even the Turks... It is said that Christopher Columbus landed in one of its bays, and in the 40s and 50s it was the playground of the rich Americans who were only a stone's throw away in Florida. The legends around Castro are myriad. He is supposed to have survived hundreds of assassination attempts, including some bizarre plots to medically destroy his beard, a symbol of his authority, 
and another aimed at putting explosives in his cigar. But his real fame grew worldwide as a result of the failure of the American plot to depose him using Cuban dissidents landing in the Bay of Pigs. The other notorious and potentially catastrophic world event was the standoff between Russia's Khrushchev and J.F. Kennedy over the Cuban nuclear missile bases in the island. Notoriously, it is said that Castro was pushing Khrushchev to land the first nuclear strike on the United States of America, and it was the latter's wisdom that avoided this, as Khrushchev answered Castro, saying that this will also destroy his island and start World War III. Thank goodness for sanity. Further history of Castro is also quite murky at times. The person who was critical in the success of his revolution was the young Dr. Che Guevara, famous for his motorcycle expedition across South America and the Andes Mountains. He was actually Argentinian. He was a real mastermind, and he was killed in some unusual circumstances a few years after settling with Castro in power. What I witnessed on my visit was an island that typified the deprivation of a communist regime. Yes, there was good medical care, but it was different from the usual. It relied on a very primitive single-doctor health center in the villages, with backup, if required, from more modern medical facilities in the towns and cities. Yes, there was universal education, and hardly any literacy. But the agonized look of the people, of the poor people, and the deprivation we witnessed cannot be dismissed. The so-called provision stores had only a few bottles of oil and a few packets of dried pasta for sale. We were heartbroken to see the lavish display of food in our hotels for us, tourists, knowing that just outside people are near starvation. We could do nothing to help them, because the eyes of our so-called minders were necessarily scrutinizing us. There was no doubt the people were under the usual oppression of totalitarian regimes, denied the most basic human rights. The extremely hazardous sea journeys by some adventurous individuals who took their lives in their hands to escape to Florida is just one indication of the many difficulties faced and of those who remained and expressed any opinion other than the accepted praise of the regime suffered just as much in the prisons and other forms of confinements and punishments. So, I can only wish a better future for the Cubans. And I sincerely hope that a new day is dawning on them. The opening up of travel from the United States is a very welcome decision and one of the good things President Obama can be credited for. As for Fidel Castro, my prayers will be for God's forgiveness of the utter denial of basic human rights for his people and the deprivation that he could have prevented. Goodbye.